Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce, the podcast that moves differently over here. It's Tuesday night. We're live on the YouTube, on the Twitch. Preseason action continues. We got three games to recap. One game's going on as we speak. We're in the second half of the the, uh, Warriors-Kings game. Alex, your boys, the uh, the Sixers played earlier. Let's uh, let me give. You, let, how about this? We're gonna recap the games. We're gonna do what we normally do the our our nightly recap of all the games. Mm-hmm. But before we get into anything else, just give me one um, word. Just give me one word about your Sixers tonight. Uh, pleased. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 I like. I like the sound of that. That's a, I expected, I just expected um, some type of negative reaction. Just, I don't know. I anticipated from Philly fans in general. I mean, they but won. So, it's <laughs> I mean, pre-season. I know that doesn't matter. It's preseason. They, they, uh, looked, uh, they looked good. Yep. Also, James Harden played tonight for the first time in the preseason. So, he's back at least for now with Houston. So, we'll go through all those games. Um but obviously, first things first, we always have to start off the show with headlines and the things that are going on technically off the court. And no bigger news today. There's really only one headline. Giannis Antetokounmpo, finally, after the back and forth and the speculation, will he, won't he, signs the Supermax with the Bucks five years, $228 million, the largest contract in NBA history. It's a lot of cashish there. It's a decent amount of money and 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 I had some people that were like, God, five people. I I don't know when people are going to get it through their heads that this is just this is just the way the NBA works. It's slotted. Like, yeah, it's like it. Every time a, a guy, somebody signs the largest contract in NBA history or the largest deal in league history, there's always the people that are like, God, how does he? Does he deserve that much money? Yes, because that's just the way the league is. If the league didn't have the money to raise the salary cap to the point where guys were making this kind of money, then then he wouldn't deserve it. But as long as the salary cap is what it is, yes, he deserves it. He's a back-to-back. Regardless of what happened in the playoffs, he's back-to-back MVP, MVP defensive player of the year in the same year. This guy deserves the money that he's getting. And in particular, he deserves it in Milwaukee because it's just, look, I don't think anybody benefit. Like, obviously, the Bucks benefit from this the most in terms of organizationally, but as an organization, the NBA benefits from this in a huge way. Because when you look around the league, there are, there's probably a handful of dog shit teams, right? That are just, have been bad franchises that have just been bad for a really long time. And then there's also another handful of teams that are just bad now and are going to be rebuilding for three, four, five years. So that's a third of the league that's already shit. If Giannis left Milwaukee, that would set them back 10 years. <laughs> so you'd have another shitty team. Like you would be getting to the point where you'd be approaching half of the teams in your league are not good teams. So this is a big win, I think, actually for the league in just as much as it is for Milwaukee because how many shitty teams, how much shitty product can you put out on the floor? I completely agree. And yeah, I mean... I don't think Milwaukee's like a like a big time serious title contender, but they're a contender for sure, and that that's what makes the league so great. I think when there's there's a lot of teams out there that can win a title. I don't think it's been this wide open since I mean before the Warriors had their their run. You know, it's wide open this year. Um, I mean, the Lakers are the favorite, but I'm totally with you in the sense that this is great for the league. It's just it, the Bucks are now another title contender, and there's lots of them out there. They would well, not be without this deal. I mean, yeah, and the East is in particular. Like, I don't think the West is wide open. I, I don't. I think the Lakers are going to win the West, but I do think the East is pretty wide open. Yeah. And despite all of that, we've said it many times. Despite everything that went on with the Bucks this offseason, they did get better. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I, I would think. So the reports, or I guess what came out is that he had this meeting either yesterday or the two or a couple days ago with the two the co majority owners of the Bucks. 
and they convinced him that even though they they met the Bogdanovich thing didn't happen, they built up the bench, they went and got Drew, that they have a plan to be a consistent winner for years to come, and that sold him on staying there. Um, so he must think that they got better. I do think they got even at least marginally better. Their bench is better. They have a better point guard. So, again, they got better, and they have had the best record in the NBA for two for the past two years. So they're absolutely a title contender because if you get to the NBA championship, you have a chance to win it. Look at Miami. Um, he also – there's also – here's an interesting thing. I was just thinking about this as like um, a what if. There's a 15% trade kicker in his deal. So if he does get traded – then he gets even more. Mm-hmm. What if he like this, like had his agent, what if they negotiated that trade kicker in there so he can demand a trade at some point and get paid more money? Like the super, super max, like the, the breaking even his own record for the highest, mm-hmm. largest contract in NBA history. Um, <laughs> that'd be awesome. It would also, it doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that does that. Like he really does seem like a, just a good guy. And it's kind of. It actually seems like he might be one of those guys that is loyal to a fault at this point, because um, I don't think this is the greatest move for his career. But yeah, if he that would shock me, and it would be insane to tack on fifteen percent to this contract. Like holy shit! Yeah, this was the um, here. Let me see if I can share this real quick. This was the tweet that he put out today when the news came out. This is my home. This is my city. I'm blessed to be able to be part of the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years. Let's make these years count. The show goes on. Let's get it. And I would also like to point out to you, because I follow him, I think his comments come up first on replies. For those of you who are listening and can't see the replies, uh, the first reply that comes up for me is the Iron Sheik. And he says... GG Bubba, you impress me. You win now, no excuse. Otherwise, I suplex you, break your back, and I show you the real champion. <laughs> and I, I, I just wanted to point that that out be, to say, if anybody's not, if anybody is on Twitter and they're not following the Iron Sheik, you are not following the greatest follow in the history of Twitter. Every tweet is like this, and they're all absurd. And I'm assuming, Alex, based on your age and your lack of care about wrestling you don't even know who the iron sheik is no I, I i know who he is i went down the whole rabbit hole on the internet probably a year or two ago but i honestly i he was off my radar i had didn't really remember it and then you just said the iron sheik and i started giggling because i know what this guy's all about oh, you yeah, know what he's him. all about okay cool no he's great he's the best he's the best i have another tweet from him in a little bit okay. that just it goes he, he goes hard like he goes at everybody it's amazing um, but as far as Giannis goes, yeah, it's it's great for the Bucks. It's great for him. It's $230 million. It's a lot of money. Uh, it, it I put in here, how does it impact the rest of the league? And I, I think more so in terms of you look around the league now, the next year was supposed to be this big free agency year. All these teams are saving money for next year. But now Giannis is off the market. Paul George is off the market. AD and LeBron are both off the market. Uh, so... It does for the Heat, who it seemed like almost certainly like their plan was to go after Giannis. Uh, now you, you got to look and see: Are they the front runner to go after James Harden and make a move for him? I saw people, some people saying that maybe Toronto was saving up some money to make a run at him, and now are they? Is their backup plan to give OG a big extension? Like I think this does impact a lot of teams who were hoping to make. A run at him next offseason and i think it changes next offseason's free agent class is not great anymore unless for some reason Kawhi doesn't sign an extension and opts out then he's the guy but other than that it's not what it it's not even close to what it was anymore right and dude i think and this is going to tie into your next part uh, of the rundown here but you can bring it up yeah yeah do you think COVID is impacting players decisions i think it's a part of it i think the question marks about the salary cap moving forward is what is influencing a lot of this. I think guys are not totally sure. Their agents in particular are not totally sure what the salary cap is looking like. And all these contracts, max contracts, are based on percentages of the salary cap and that sort of thing. So the rules are in place right now that they didn't shrink the salary cap for this year. So sign these deals when you can because we don't know what's going to happen next year. Um, 
So yeah, I there think was the reports that came out, and I don't know if it was a report or if it was actually what they agreed on with the Players Association in the league that the cap would at least not go down for the next three years. But anything's possible, and right. if this if this thing shuts, if the if COVID somehow comes back even worse and shuts everything down again, they're going to lose money and then that's going to change again. So yeah, I, th- I totally think that there is le- definitely a chance that these guys, four guys signed long-term extensions in one week, it, guys that are not typically thought to sign long-term extensions, especially like Paul George going through what they went through in LA last year, having a player option next year, signs a four-year, de- five, four-year deal. LeBron has always signed a one-in-ones you know, for a lot, for the most part, keeping his options. These guys, a lot of these guys have kept their options open and now are signing long-term deals. So yeah, I think the the COVID thing may actually really have an impact. COVID. And I know I I bring it up all the time, but the the relationship with China and the possible loss of revenue there, I think is a real worry for some people. Um, Yeah. I think that's all baked into this. And uh, yeah, next year's free agent class is not what we thought it's going to be, but that's okay for me. We still got a great year of basketball ahead. Yeah, too worried about it. Yeah, no, we do. Um, yeah, so t- good news for the Bucks. Good news for Giannis. So th- we'll see how uh, you know they've already played two preseason games. He's looked like himself, so they'll be rolling. They're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. We'll see what happens in the playoffs with them, as always. So uh, all right, let's get to tonight's games. Tuesday night recap. First game of the night. Your boys. Sixers, one hundred eight ninety nine. Obviously, as I as I constantly say, who cares about the final score of these preseason games? But you seem to be happy with the fact that your boys won a game that doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more I'm more relieved at just like how they looked. You know, just I think maybe the biggest point of hope with the Doc Rivers thing is that Tobias Harris had by far his best season or half a season when he was playing for Doc Rivers. Um, So if they can unlock Tobias Harris, that's fantastic. He looked great tonight. 16 points. He was really aggressive getting the rim. Nine boards. Um, If I have a sticking point for tonight, it's Ben Simmons taking five shots is nuts. Like, this is the time for him to be taking shots, whatever. I mean, I sound like a broken record, so I won't harp on it. Bede looked fantastic in his 17 minutes. And then guys like Shake Milton, uh, dude, Tyrese Maxey is fun to watch. He's really cool. He, he can get to the lane whenever he wants, and he's got this floater that is just beautiful. The other thing that is crystal clear from this game is that I'm going to hate Peyton Pritchard for the next five to six years. Like, he's just a pest and a and a really good shooter. Um, I think they had a fantastic draft. I think the Celtics, because Naismith looked really good. Pritchard he's bigger looked, than I thought too. I know Smith. he is. He yeah he he looks. He doesn't really look like a rookie. He looks looks young, but yeah. Um, I think that was a great pick. Uh, Jeff Teague looked fantastic as well. He was four for four from three. Um, I think Celtics may have had one of the more underrated off seasons. Um, again, we're tossing out the score. The Sixers won, but that's. I mean, it's not like you know who's be- like who's the better team right now. The Celtics are probably the better team, but. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff from this game. Taco Fall got 10 minutes. Yeah, Pretty it was cool. weird seeing him play really early, but obviously yeah. uh, Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice both didn't play. Kemba didn't play for the Celtics either, and I think that's probably why Jeff Teague played as many minutes as he did. Not that he's not. I mean, he's good. He's a very good player. Actually, a very underrated signing for them because he looked it great. Mm-hmm. He he looked great, and obviously Kemba's had injury issues. Marcus Smart, I think, has had some stuff too last year. Uh, so he He's another vet who has playoff experience who will be really good for them when he needs to play. I mean, I think he's at a point in his career where he, if he plays 10, 15 minutes a game for you, he's very good. Yeah, and, that'd be the sweet spot for him for sure. Yeah, and he, tonight, 7 of 9, 18 points. That's a that's a, that's a nice night for him. Mm-hmm. As far as – well, I'll, I'll start my thoughts on – like with Celtics, it's hard to really – I agree with you on Peyton Pritchard. I liked when they drafted him. I thought he, I, I'm going to talk about him in the context of Chris Webber in a second, <laughs> but um, but it, it's with the, as far as the Celtics go, it's really hard to you know what we do know what they are, but it's hard to gauge what their ceiling is this year because we have to see how Tristan Thompson looks when he's worked in. We have to see how Kemba looks. Has he regressed or was it just an injury? 
you know, are they going to miss Gordon Hayward? There's a lot of things that we have to see their full team to really get a gauge. We pretty much saw tonight what we're what Philly is. So yeah. you can make some conclusions. Obviously, you know, guys are going to play more minutes as the season goes on. Danny Green only played 12 minutes. Jo- Joel Embiid didn't play in the second half. Uh, but a couple things that stuck out to me. One is, uh, yeah, Ben Simmons, man. I- I've always been big on Ben Simmons. He he seems, and again, just one game and it's just preseason, doesn't seem interested to be out there. Doesn't seem like he wants to be part of the team that he just signed a five-year deal with. Um, and does seem like he very much took Doc Rivers, um, Ben can just be Ben and doesn't have to shoot thing to heart because he just does not, he is not aggressive to score, man. And when he does drive, he kicks it out. He just, he could score whenever he wants and he just chooses, it's like he chooses not to. I mean, he, he went to the line five times tonight, but that's one of the things along with the shooting that bothers me. Like, he could get to the line so many goddamn times if he if he was determined to, um, and yeah. he doesn't do it. Um, that's where his bread and butter would be scoring wise, because he really can get by people, and he's big, and he has some of the qualities that Zion had. We talked about last night, just in terms of being big and agile. Um, so yeah, I, I'm as concerned as ever, but I've been down on him, so it actually is a little refreshing to hear someone like you express some concerns a- about it because. I mean, I like it's an over. Right. I think it is a little bit of yeah. I think it is a little bit of an overreaction from me because I am still high on the guy, but uh, it's one game. But yeah, they did. But, but this is what their team is. So if this is how he's going to be, and this is how he's been, it is concerning. Uh, on a positive note, like it's a positive in it. Like Joel Embiid looked great, and I do think that the way the starting lineup is built now is definitely more conducive to him being successful because you have three well you have two great shooters in Danny Green and Seth Curry and one serviceable shooter in Tobias Harris around him so it does spread the floor a little bit more uh I still I still just hate how much he plays on the perimeter and even at the I just I think it was it was it was in the second quarter. They ran like a a cross screen where he just got the ball in the post, and he's just he is unstoppable. I know. And on the post, he's unstoppable, but he still insists zero for four from three. It's unnecessary. Doesn't ever need to take a three. He is not a good three point shooter. Never has been a good three point shooter in his career, but insists on being a three point shooter. And I don't know if it's that coaches are just like we want to keep Joel Embiid happy, and we want to let him do the things that he thinks he can do. But he shouldn't be shooting threes when he is, in terms of just a pure post player, the most dominant pure post player since Shaq. And I really believe that. Like, in terms of his skill level and how much he could dominate the game in the post. And I know the game has moved away from the post a little bit. But yet, every time he gets the ball in the post, he either gets fouled or he scores. He's that good in the post. But he insists on playing out a little bit further, out at 15 feet, dribbling the ball too much, taking jumpers. It's just... And I know he was six of fourteen from the field, but you take away those threes, he's six. He's probably if 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 you take two of those threes away, right? And you and those are just post touches. He's probably eight for fourteen from the field, and now for the first time in his career, he could shoot above fifty percent from the field. You know, like he's just. It's uh. It, it I just hate that he does that, and I don't and. I, I'm hoping, you know, I think Brett Brown was part of the problem with that, was that they didn't insist on him playing in the post. Hopefully Doc insists on it as more as they build trust with each other. But I still just, I I do like the way they're built around him a little bit more, but I don't like the way he still continues to play on the post. I just don't think he's going to be consistently successful playing that way. Because this is typical of him to have a great, a game like if he would have played a full game, he would have had 35, but then tomorrow night he's going to, fall in love with the jumper again and he's probably going to give you 13 or 14 it's just how he's always been that's fair i i'm just so i've always been so high on joel Embiid that i realize i have to take a step back just because he hasn't been successful in the playoffs so i'm not going to push back on any of that um there's nothing to push back on um that's it's all fair yeah Um, uh but i i agree with you on tyrese maxi i i think that tyrese maxi will be a starter for you guys by at some point in the year I could see him starting over Seth Curry. 
I do see some early concerns with Seth Curry defensively. They went right at him a few times. They went to Jalen Brown in the post on him. Um, he didn't look like he could keep up with Jeff Teague, which is not really a good thing at Jeff Teague's age, even though Jeff's still pretty quick. Not that he's terrible, but, he, I mean, you're going to play him a ton because he shoots the shit out of the ball, even though he's one for four tonight. But uh, it, that could be a little bit of a concern, and Maxie's a little bit bigger and a little more athletic. But I would really do I like Tyrese Maxey. Uh, so, yeah, overall positive. I think you guys are really going to like Dwight Howard. I know you weren't happy with the signing originally, but I think you guys are going to really like Dwight Howard too. Uh, yeah, I think I was more down on the signing because I don't like Dwight Howard, like the person. <laughs> but, right. uh, I mean, he's a backup rim protector is huge. There's no doubt about that. When Embiid's off the floor, you need somebody to protect the rim. And, and he's we saw him be extremely willing to do that for the Lakers last year. And he still got it. He's still huge, and he can still move. So yeah, I, I probably overreacted to that signing. Uh, as far as the Celtics go, like I said, hard to really gauge when they're starting Javante Green and Robert Williams. What the, you know, how they look, but I'm a, you know I, I anticipate them being very good, being one of the best teams in the NBA. Something that really stuck out to me is they must have the two smallest players in the NBA at the moment. Uh, Carson Edwards is Edward. tiny, and the Tremont Ed, Tremont Waters is listed at five ten. He can't be taller than five eight. He is. So small, it's crazy. Um, not that that matters. That has no impact on the game whatsoever. As far as Peyton Pritchard, I liked him when they drafted him. Um, oh, this is where I'll bring up. So TNT still insists on forcing Chris Webber down our throats. I don't understand it. He stinks. He's one of him and Reggie Miller both stink, but Chris Webber is at times just as bad. And in particular in this game, the thing is, is like. If you don't know about these young guys, then just don't talk about them. But when you talk about, like, NBA fans in particular are pretty sophisticated sports fans. And when you're just talking about these guys as if you know about them, and then you say dumb shit like, man, this Tyrese Maxey, you know who he strikes me at? You know, he really reminds me of the way Jeremy Grant played for Denver last year, you know, cutting to the basketball. What? Are you talking about that? that could why? Not because be they further. both have why? Because of their, their hair looks similar. I mean, like, wh- what are you talking about? Jeremy Grant is what five inches taller, doesn't have near the skill that Tyrese Maxey has as a ball handler and as a scorer. Like, they're just opposite. <laughs> they don't play the same position. Even like overall, like one's a forward, one's a guard. No, it's it's a, just a dumb comment. It's as far apart as two players could be. Honestly, like it's it's insane. And then, as far as Peyton Pritchard goes, who, who looked great, had 16 points, 12 points in the fourth quarter, he's going off in the fourth quarter, and Grant and uh, Chris Webber's talking about how, you know, people people can, you know, they, they get down on these guys, and, you know, I, I, want, you know I, I feel like Peyton Pritchard's game, you know, fits, fits better in the NBA than it did in college, and that's probably, you know, I, I know he fell, but, you know, he, I think he's going to be better in, in the NBA than he was in college. This is the same Peyton Pritchard, by the way, for those who don't know, who led the Pac-12 in scoring, led the Pac-12 in assists, was a consensus first-team All-American in college, and won the Bob Cousy Award for best point guard in college basketball. So by Chris Webber's definition of what Peyton Pritchard is, he's going to be the best point guard in the NBA because if he's better suited for the NBA than he was for college and he was the best point guard in college, then he's going to be the best point guard in the NBA. Dude, if you don't know who these guys are, just don't talk about them. Just don't talk about them. It's so it's so annoying. I can't take it. It really bothers. It really does bother me, but it bothers you. Like I love when you get riled up like this. But yeah, I'm with you. Like it would just be so refreshing for him to be like, "Ah, oh, this Peyton Pritchard guy is impressing me. I don't know anything about him." Instead you know of trying to fool me, like stop, bro. Yeah, you, you know don't who know would, who he is. Yeah, I, I, I it would be. You're like, yeah, I never. I, you know, like that's like 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 what the that's what the guys on inside the NBA do. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like if they were showing highlights of Peyton Pritchard, Charles Barkley, if he didn't know who he was, he'd be like, "Oh, look at this white boy." You know, like he wouldn't. You know, like he wouldn't be like, "Oh, he's so much better suited for the NBA." He'd be like, "I don't know who this kid is, but he looks like he can play." Like that's what. He, yeah. That's what you, you know. You don't have to. I get it. Like the job is to be an analyst and sound like an expert, but you sound like an idiot when you just say the wrong shit. Right. 
and the fact that nobody's calling on him, calling him on it in like professionally, like I'm sure. Well, everyone... we don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to control somebody when they're on live TV. And the other thing for TNT, I'll say about these games, if they're gonna have remote announcers, they got to get their shit together. Kevin Harlan sounded like he was on a Skype. His <laughs> audio was horrible. I think for a good part of the first quarter, they were watching the game on like a two second delay. So things were happening and then Kevin Harlan was saying stuff like it, it was a mess and I and it's preseason so they're getting the kinks worked out but TNT come on you knew this was coming like get get it to get like Kevin Harlan's audio was worse than my audio right now and I'm I'm always a little concerned about how my audio sounds so this is true people um but yeah Sixers look good Celtics are gonna be fine good night for for both of them uh the second game which was the game I was debating tonight it was the Rockets and the Spurs, James, Hart, James Harden's game of the preseason. We all know it's well-documented. He wants a trade, but he says he's going to be professional. And what we talked about yesterday on the show was what's he going to do, right? What's he gonna, is he going to come out and just take every shot? Is he, is, like, is he just going to come out there and, and be wild? First two possessions of the game, doesn't touch the ball. So in my mind, I'm like, huh. So that's the way he's going to do it. He's just going to go out there and not ever touch the ball. And he's just going to sit in the corner and he's going to say, I played. (laughs) Third possession of the game. Third possession of the game, step back three. Fourth possession of the game, step back three, gets fouled, goes to the line and makes three. And I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, this guy's fucking unbelievable. I mean, his numbers didn't look great. He was three for 10, 12 points. But, like, he does look engaged out there. He looks like he's playing. It's his first time playing with a lot of these guys. I don't love I, – I still – it's it's weird because John Wall needs the ball in his hands a lot. And when – and I'm watching this and I'm like, uh, you know, John Wall has the ball in his hands and they're running a lot of stuff with John Wall. And I understand that John Wall needs the ball in his hands and he's not good when he's off the ball because he can't shoot it. But then I'm constantly thinking like every time someone else has the ball in their hands, I'm like, well, you have the best scorer in the league standing in the corner. Why doesn't he have the ball? So I understand why these things happen where it's hard to fit these type of point guards with James Harden because I'm watching the game and I'm like, oh, yeah, now I remember why James Harden is so damn good. This guy, he's just unreal offensively. And every time you're running these plays with John Wall or you're running offense to get Eric Gordon involved, one, James Harden's in the game. Anytime there's possessions where James Harden doesn't touch the ball, I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not a good possession. What if he, what if that was his plan to come out and, and not shoot and make his point that way? And then he was like, I, I gotta shoot. I gotta shoot this thing. Like he's like, two possessions just, went by, and he's like, I can't. I'm he's just gonna explode just if I don't shoot a three shooting. step back three. Yeah, or he's uh, like, there's so many points out here for me to have right now, and I can't control myself. It's 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 entirely possible. He was engaged. Like there were timeouts where he was um, talking to Daniel House, and I saw him. He goes to the bench. He was having. He was talking to Demarcus Cousins on the bench. Like. He looks like he's there. Like if he, it looks like if he's gonna play, he's gonna play, and he's gonna be professional about it. So that's good. And hopefully, you know, he. Do, I still hope, you know, if he doesn't get out, he doesn't get traded, they come out and they play really well in the beginning of the season, and maybe it changes his mind. And it's another situation where you don't have a team that just turns to shit in the NBA because there's already enough shit teams in the NBA. If he stays there, they're still at least competitive. Because no matter what they get back at this point, they're going to be less competitive without James Harden. Yeah, They're just not going to get the right stuff back. Now, here's something interesting that I didn't notice when I was watching the game. But it it was trending on Twitter. Um, and I didn't notice this pre... I didn't watch the pregame or anything. Check this out. I saw that. Is that uh, so for those of you that are listening and can't see it, there's a side-to-side picture of James Harden working out yesterday where he looks super skinny. And then there's this one picture that I got to think came from just a perfect angle That's where he yeah. looks massive. Like, he looks so fat, and people are crushing him like, oh, this is what he's been doing during this whole quarantine in the offseason. But it's impossible that these could be 24 hours apart and the one on the right could be anything other than just a weird angle or he's wearing multiple shirts or, like, they can't be... He can't – and then I watched him in the game. Like I, I texted you during the Sixers game where I was like, it's time to cut Justin Anderson from the Sixers because Justin Anderson looks like he ate Justin Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't get that vibe from him when I was watching him play, and part of, part of that is because he's never looked like he was like the pinnacle of health or like you know physical fitness. 
So maybe it just didn't register to me, but he didn't look like that in the game. Yeah. So I saw this picture, the one on the right, where James Harden looks very, like, unhealthy, <laughs> to be honest. Like, he looks overweight. And then almost 30 seconds later, probably, you texted me, like, James Harden's a cheat code. I'm assuming that was after he uh, he hit his step back three. It was, three, the, so it was like, the back-to-back. It was the step yeah. back three and then the step back getting fouled shooting a three. So yeah. at that point, I was like, okay, he's not – like Joey would have said James Harden looks fat as shit if that was the, the storyline here. So I think, honestly, yeah. what it looks like is somebody took that picture with a self – like with their phone from the TV, which can alter things, especially if you're like standing above it, you know. Um, I, I think that that is an optical illusion, but he looks well, very fat. And of course, like the beard never helps. I had a beard like that at one time in my life. It doesn't help you look skinny, um, especially his beard. It, it just l- makes his face look bigger. Th- he doesn't look like that. But the reason why, remember, I told you that the Iron Sheik had a great, another yeah. great tweet. Here's he had the Sheik put this out. He put James James Harden Bubba. When you say bringing something new to our game this year, I didn't know you mean you're bringing the Charles Barkley eating cheeseburger game to your game. <laughs> He's the best. You gotta love Iron Sheik. Just, just the best thing going on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 he looked all right to me. My, my concern more would be that I don't know that this team, like, I don't. The pieces don't. Boogie looks good. John Wall looks really good. James Harden looks really good. It'll be interesting to see how they mesh together. One thing I, one thing that stuck out to me that Rockets fans will like a lot about John Wall that they probably hated about Russ, and I think a lot of people hate about Russ in terms of where their games are currently at. John Wall knows where his money's made, and it's at the rim. Like, that dude goes hard to the rim every time. And he does take some jumpers, but he doesn't take mid-range jumpers. Occasionally, he'll take a three, but he's not like Russ where he falls in love with these pull-up threes and pull-up jumpers and just terrible field goal percentage. Like, Six of 13 from the field, got to the line six times, went two for six. That's terrible. 15 points in 25 minutes. Like John Wall is going to go to the buck, go to the basket, and get to the rim and get fouled. He's going to find guys. It's just the concern, again, is just like all anytime John Wall has the ball in his hands and he's running pick and roll with Boogie, that's a possession where James Harden doesn't have the ball. Right. So it's just a weird, it's weird. Like, how do you make that work when you have that guy? Because it's like, you know, I keep talking about how Silas, Steven Silas came from Dallas and he had Luca and Luca and Harden, their skill sets offensively are kind of similar, but you didn't, you know, in Dallas, you didn't have a point guard like John Wall who had to have the ball in his hands all the time. Right. So it's, it'll be weird to see how they make that work. I mean, they kind of worked with Russ, but they, you know, they lost eventually, but it was a different team. It was built differently, different coach. So maybe they can make it work, but it just seems just watching them on the floor together. It's a weird mixture. Yeah. I think John Wall is definitely like, not that John Wall was ever this like incredible scorer, but he's going to have to accept an even smaller scoring role. Like if I were him, I'd, if this team as currently constructed is what they go into the season with, I'd focus on like leading the league in assists or something. He could. Because, I yeah. mean, he's usually, when he was healthy, he was always at the top of the league. In I know, yeah. So I, I would, if scoring should not be the first thing on his mind whatsoever. And it's fantastic that he he's not going to shoot five to six threes a game like Russ did. Um, it's true because you look at this lineup like, Boogie's shooting the ball, I mean, again, one for five. So I guess maybe when I, when I noticed it was when he made it, that one three. But like P.J. Tucker's the best corner three-point shooter in the NBA by percentage last year. Eric Gordon is, you know, he is what we know what he is. He's a gunner. James Harden's a great shooter. And and Boogie can shoot the ball too. So you can go five out and just let John Wall penetrate and find guys. Like, it'll work. It's just, it just, I offensively, I struggle to see a situation where you have a, like a, a large number of possessions where John or James Harden doesn't touch the ball. And I, it's not like they had a ton tonight, but the ones where they did, I'm just like, ugh. Uh, the last thing, at least for the Rockets, got to bring up um, Chris Clemens uh, in the fourth quarter. I think he tore his Achilles. They had to bring him off. They had to take him off the court in a, court in a wheelchair. Um, he it was a non-contact injury. He's not in like a major player for them, but like it sucks. Just yeah. meaningless game. Guy, he's like five ten. Was a one of the leading scorers in college basketball a couple years ago. Worked his ass off. I think he went undrafted, and they brought him in, and he made the roster and. You know, just 
that's the type of guy who that pro that could end his career because he's probably like fighting to make roster every year. And with this team that has, they brought in a bunch of new guys. He, he may not be in the NBA. It, it, so it's, that's sort of a devastating injury and having to go off like that in a preseason game with no fans in a wheelchair, just sucks. So, you know, thoughts to him. Hopefully he comes back and hopefully he can play again. But that, you know, obviously we, mm-hmm. we talk about the Achilles all the time. It's such a shitty injury. Yeah, that's brutal. I didn't watch that game, but I'm glad I didn't have to to see that. Is it just? Stinks? I actually didn't see the injury. I just saw him going off in the wheelchair, and then yeah. I went on Twitter. And uh, you also pr- probably mentioned Christian Wood did not play again. So there's another piece that can try to true. fit into the puzzle there. Um, yeah, Rockets are going to be interesting. At the very yeah. very least, they're going to be very interesting. Uh, as far as San Antonio goes, my immediate reaction to San Antonio is. They got something going on with their hair over there that is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Here's here's Greg Popovich. And for those who can't see, he has like he looks like a retired mobster. He does. Now th- this is actually an older picture, but t- he was wearing the same outfit tonight. He must have wore this the other night too. His he's always had the white hair, but now it's not even slicked back. It just has grown perfectly back. It almost looks like he blow dries it backwards. And he's like wearing all black. He just looks like an old, like retired gangster. And then this is DeMar DeRozan's hair now. Ooh. And for those of you who can't see it, DeMar DeRozan is rocking like the, this guy made a good point. I didn't really put it together like the Ben Wallace type fro. But when you watch him play on the court, it's almost more like, um, remember how Kobe White's hair was in college? The way when yeah, he like moved, it like bounced around. Yeah, it's yeah. like very flowy. So these guys, and, and, I like that DeMar DeRozan did this because I don't know uh, I don't know if you saw his braids last year, but they were gross. I hated them. I thought they were really? so – I thought they were the ugliest braids I'd seen. I feel so, like I would remember that. I must – I mean, I know I didn't watch a lot of Spurs, but that, that would have stuck out to me. It may have been – it may not have been that bad. It might have just been my opinion. I just didn't like them. Uh, as far as basketball goes – this is such a – we've talked about this for a while, and I, there's a few teams like this now in the league, but th- them and I think the Warriors, who we'll talk about briefly in a second as our last game of the night, but the Spurs are pl- have two guys in their starting lineup, Rudy Gay and LaMarcus Aldridge, who are in the top 10 of active players and games played. And then they have a bunch of young guys, but then they also have Patty Mills, and like they have, a, they have like these four or five like really old guys. And then they have a bunch of really young guys. And their really old guys are just okay. They're not great because they're, for the most part, towards the end of their career. DeRozan's still pretty good, but the rest of them, they're just okay. Then you have a bunch of young guys who are good but don't have the highest upside either. Like, they're none of them look like stars. Mm-hmm. I just – this team is so – I don't know what's going on with this team. It's such a weird roster construction right now. Like, seeing them on the – we've talked about it, but now seeing them on the floor tonight, I'm just like – First of all, half these young guys, they look the same. I don't know who's who. Um, and then you got the wild DeRozan hair out there. Just it's This team, they're probably going to win a lot of regular season games. This is what he does. Like They'll probably be a borderline playoff team like always. But their roster is just weird. I don't know how long can you go playing Rudy Gay big minutes. Like I love Rudy. He looks slow, and he, he still played pretty good tonight. Like This team, to me, looks like... It looks like a team, like a really, really good team whose superstar is injured. You know, like if you plugged a superstar onto this team in place of DeRozan, the yeah, team would be was, fantastic. If yeah, well, their superstar would, was injured and then he left town. Yeah, but I just mean they're still like they've got a bunch of guys that I could see being excellent role players, like really fantastic role players. And Dejounte Murray, I like Lonnie Walker. I, I always think he has a chance to take a big leap forward. But uh, Aldridge and Gay are solid role players at this point in their career. Like if you put I mean, this is basically the Brad Beal con. I mean, we know Brad Beal's not gonna not going anywhere now. But like, if you put a guy like that, a superstar, onto this team, they would to me immediately become a threat in the West. Like, uh, like if they had snagged Devin Booker or something, I don't know. It's just weird. They're just missing a superstar. Yeah, well, that's a lot of teams right now. But, but I think, lo- but more so, mean- like the weird thing with them is that they're stuck in this middle place where yeah, they have competitive veterans and they have young talented guys but none of them like you said are stars mm-hmm. but like even if but like if they if they were just all young talented guys then maybe you'd be like okay there's something here maybe one of them develops into a young star or into a bigger star but they're like half young stars half like 
serviceable veterans, and it's just yeah. like a weird mixture mm-hmm. to try like to they, be a competitive team. They don't even have that young guy where you're like, oh, he could be a star in a couple in a year or two. You know, like I don't think Lonnie Walker is that. You know, no, they they yeah. don't have any prospects of a legit star. I mean, I, I think mean, they're banking on Dejounte Murray becoming like a high level top of the league type point guard. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he will be. He's good. He's really good. I mean, yeah, he's good. Um, you know who looked who's looked really good in both their games? My guy Devin Vassell Devin, from Florida State. I thought State. you were going to say that. Yeah, he has looked really good. He's long. He was guarding. Uh, he was guarding Harden for a little bit. Welcome to the league. You know, having a guard Garden in your second preseason game, but went four for eight from the field, uh, four steals, eleven points. Like he, he's looking like what I thought he he's going to play. He's going to, they're going to have to play him because he, he looks good. Like he could be the guy who, who takes Rudy Gay's minutes because he's long and athletic. My comparison to him was like a potentially like a Chris Middleton type. So hmm. good to see him looking good. I mean, he played 32 minutes. So uh, yeah, he, he good to see him playing well. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I got on San Antonio. They're, they're just, they're just not super impressive. I don't know. If you have anything else on them, no, no, you said it. They're they're toiling. They're in that toiling stage to me. Yep. Uh, the last game of the night that is actually still going on. There's about six minutes left in the fourth quarter right now. Was the um, it's the Warriors and the Kings. Kings are leading as we record this, which do, again doesn't matter uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, with this game, just Steph is. Yeah, I think he had 16 in the first half. I want to say he had 11 in the first quarter. Uh, he looks he looks kind of all the way back to me, which is great for them and great for the league. Um, but they also, I will say, I, it's also my first time watching uh, Kelly Oubre. Hi, Daddy. Jesus. <laughs> so... Um, that's good to see. That's always good. It's always good to see Kelly Oubre. You know what I mean? Uh, but this is another team that's weird to me because, well, first of all, you can't get a real gauge for them because James Wiseman still hasn't played and Draymond hasn't played. They both had COVID. They practiced for the first time, I think, yesterday or today. So they're supposed to be back for the regular season. But you can't really get any type of gauge on this team because you haven't seen their full roster. But this is another team, less so than the Spurs, because they have a star in Steph. But again, like you got Steph, who's a little bit older, Draymond, who's a little bit older, um, and then just a bunch of like young guys who are not stars, uh, or not even potentially stars. And the thing that made the, them so great all those years was obviously having Steph and Clay, and then having KD. But their benches were always full of like high level vets. Mm-hmm. Now their bench is like Kevin Looney, Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore. Like, it's just not a lot going on there. So, I don't know. I think they'll be okay, but I don't know, man. Like, Steph's great. I hope you put money down on him as MVP because there's a chance. Like, the way he looks, he, he might get he, – he might steal another MVP from LeBron. Um, but they are going to have to be top half of the West, and I just don't see a scenario where they are as loaded as the West is this year. I still think they can be be a three or four seed in the West. I know that might sound crazy. I, I don't know. I, that just I just if, if Draymond and Curry can get back, I mean they're not going to be as good as they were. We know that, but I just think this team's extremely dangerous. I think they're. I mean I love Steve Kerr, and I just think they have guys on that bench that could take a, a leap forward. Like Eric Paschal. I'm not saying he's not going to like set the world on fire, but they he could be a, he could be a, a solid. Uh, bench player for them i don't know i mean I just they think... also drafted they drafted nico Mannion, who's a guy who i think could end up being a steal for them i liked him in the tape i watched in the draft but um i, I definitely think i'm higher on the warriors than you are this year well i mean obviously a lot of it depends on kelly Oubre and, and wiggins and if wiseman can be you know an immediate factor for them which they sound like they think he can but mm-hmm. who knows but that's pretty much. I mean, my, my big takeaway from that game is Steph. I don't know what he finished with, but I, he he's had twenty nine right now. Jeez, yeah, he's a monster. He's still so good. I think he's already becoming under like underrated because people think he fell off because he's been hurt. But like, mm-hmm. and he's because so he good. like played alongside Kevin Durant, you know, like his numbers had to take a dip alongside Kevin Durant. Right. Um, right. But no, oh, yeah. he, I mean, 
if he if he stays healthy, he's going to put up another just electric year. And you know he's going to th- throw in like a 50-point game at some point, you know. There'll be that Steph game early in the season. I'm confident in that. Yeah. Uh, as far as Sacramento goes, he, it was int- I had a moment where I was watching them in the first quarter, first half. Darren Fox balling, getting to the rim. He looks good, super athletic, buddy healed, just nailing jumpers. Tyrese Halliburton looks like he's going to be a pretty good player. Bagley's rebounding, going up, skying for rebounds. I'm like, you know what? You know what? Maybe the Kings could be good this year. Maybe they could be decent. And then Hassan Whiteside comes in. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah. They signed Hassan Whiteside, and he's going to play for them. This team's going to suck. This team is going to suck. This team's going to suck. Those the Harrison Barnes played okay. Buddy Heald's gonna average a lot of points. Darren Fox is gonna average a lot of points. And then Hassan Whiteside's gonna ruin all of it for him because he's a bum. And I all of the I had like these positive feelings about the Kings for like ten minutes of the game, and then Hassan Whiteside came in and I was like, Yes, I forgot. He's he is on this team. He uh he did lead the league in block shots last year and couldn't get a team to sign him, so he had to sign a minimum deal with the Kings, who are probably taking a flyer on him because nobody else wants to play for the Kings. So that was, you know, uh, that was my moment of potential for the Kings, and it mm-hmm. went away real quick. And they do have potential. Dude, I. Mar- Marvin Bag, like we've talked, first of all, sorry, I, I think De'Aaron Fox is the fastest guy in the league, and I don't even think it's close. That guy is ridiculous how fast he is. So he's exciting to watch at the very least. If you have to watch a Kings game, you can watch De'Aaron Fox move really, really fast. You don't think it's close? Okay. It's, it's close, but I think he is definitively in my mind, the fastest dude in the league with the ball. Yeah. It's probably a mainly because Russ and hard and Russ and wall are older and right, Wall's coming older. off the injury. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing whether he is or he isn't, but I would say that it's not close might be a stretch. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, I'm just yeah, checking no, you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think this team, if the if this team is going to somehow shock us all and make the playoffs, it will be because Marvin Bagley takes a huge step forward. He has to like that's that's what they need to happen. They need their second overall pick to be a stud. And I know you're not super high on him. I'm I'm not really sure about him. Uh, I was that, high on him out of college. I was way high on him out of college. He just hasn't shown me anything in the NBA. He's, he's so, had some injury injury issues. Yeah. I think he went after Aiton and then before Luca and Trey, right? Is that correct? Is that that he draft? Went second, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, that's all I have for the Kings. Says very much Kings. Um, all right. Well, that's it for tonight. Thanks everyone for watching on YouTube and Twitch. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, eleven thirty. There's a four game slate tomorrow that will uh, two, four of the shittiest teams in the NBA all play each other: Cavs, Knicks. Bulls Thunder. So get ready to hear us talk about those teams. Um, Lakers play against the Suns. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I have one more thing to add. Random. Portland, Portland, Denver also. So okay. we get potential Bull Bull and potential Harry Giles. So that's a fun game. I'm, I'm watching that game. Incredible tie in there because I was just going to talk about Bull Bull very, very briefly. I thought I had stumbled onto my favorite bet of the year, which is Bull Bull for most improved player at plus 8,000. And I was slapped some money down, super excited. It turns out Bull Bull is still eligible for Rookie of the Year this year, which torpedoes that bet. But because he did not play, I don't know what, but it's confirmed that he is eligible for Rookie of the Year this year. And I think it's because he literally didn't play until the bubble, if that makes sense. So it does not make sense. But... Do not put money on Bull Bull for most improved. If you can get him for Rookie of the Year, do it. That's can he I not get say. most improved? I'm just like if Bull Bull comes out and balls out of his mind, the votes are going to go for Rookie of the Year, and they're not going to give somebody Rookie of the Year and Most Improved. That would be wild if he won both because they're like they seem like they should be mutually exclusive. I feel like people should be talking about that more. I, I, I guess just, it'll it, it'll come out more if he starts playing well. Yeah, it'll it'll be like the Michael Porter like like last year. There was a point where people were thinking maybe Michael Porter Jr. had a shot if he played more because he was a rookie even though he had been in the league for a year. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't know that. I don't even understand how that's possible if he Neither played in the regular season. I know. I just Googled him because I was like, oh, this bet is awesome. And then I was like, what? He can be rookie of the year? 
But yeah, but I don't think he played in their first preseason game. So I don't know what the deal is with that. If he did, he didn't play big minutes. But um, but he's looked great in in the little clips that Denver <laughs> sent out on their social media. Yeah, we did a whole episode about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'll be. I'm gonna have my be very intent on that game. LeBron and AD are supposed to be playing tomorrow night too, at least for the first half. So nice. we'll probably get to see the Lakers full lineup for the first time tomorrow night. Uh, we'll be so we'll be back tomorrow, eleven thirty ish, maybe. Yeah. 11.30, I think, around there, Sounds live good. on YouTube and Twitter. If you're uh, listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Oh, by the way, shout out to – I don't know if I'm going to say this guy's name right, but I just got to shout out Richard Debana. I'll say Debana, at Debonified, which is a pretty good it's a pretty good Twitter name. Yeah, I like that. For uh, hitting us up and letting us know that Overcast, where a lot of people listen to the show, was not working, which I did not realize – that at one point it had not updated since like November, um, like early November. And he hit me up and was like, hey, guys, love the show. But where is it? I listen on Overcast and I hit up Overcast and now it's fixed. So shout out to you, Richard. Thanks for listening. And anybody who listens anywhere. I know we always plug Apple Podcasts because that's where you can actually leave the ratings and that's what helps us make money. But all your listens help us, you know, grow and get bigger and better and do more content. So we appreciate all of you. But in particular, we appreciate Richard. I think it's Debona. That's my guess. But we appreciate you, regardless of how to I didn't want to say Debona, because I wasn't sure. Well, that makes Debonafide make a lot more sense to me. Bonafide, isn't it? I thought it's Bonafide, no? Oh, now we got something. I don't know. It could be (laughs) Bonafide. Yeah, I guess it's Bonafide. I guess I've I've heard it both ways. I don't know which one's right. Okay. Debonafide. Debonafide. Debonafide sounds better. I'm going to go with Richard Debona at Debonafide. I think that's what it is. Well, either way, Richard... Since we know you're listening to this, thank you for hitting us up and letting us know because now we're getting those listeners back. Appreciate it. Uh, All right, that's it. We'll see you guys tomorrow, 1130 live, or you can listen to it the next morning, every morning. See ya.